What's good, y'all? I am Ja So Focused. I'm French, the bro host, and we would like to welcome you to the next take podcast. The next, the next, the next, the next, the next take podcast. The next take podcast. The next take podcast. This is episode 55. And this is a weekly podcast where we cover the most intriguing Knicks news of the week. If you want to find us on our socials, you can check us out first on Twitter at the Knicks Take. Then go to YouTube and search Knicks Take Videos. If you rather follow on Instagram, you'll be able to find us there at the Knicks Take. Last, you can check us out Facebook at Knicks Take Media, or you can find us on the website, KnicksTake.com. Now, French, how are you, my good brother? I've been doing good, maintaining... I'm so excited for the season. Training camp has started. We got a light, a nice little uh, content day, media day. So that's been keeping me a little entertained throughout this little end of the summer stretch that we're finally out of. We finally getting that hoodie weather. You know, I love the hoodie weather. Birthday coming up in a few weeks. Libra season. Come on now. What more could you ask for? We back. About to start recording more consistently. The season about to jump off next week. So I'm doing amazing. How you doing, brother? I forgot it. Your birthday's coming up. I gotta now. get you something. <laughs> uh yeah, you know, it's it's all right. Yeah, there's some things going on here and there, some not so great things going on in life, but yeah. all I can do is just put that behind me and move on and move on to uh bigger and better things, dude do more, try to focus more on this, just stay on top of everything that I can. And hopefully everything works itself out. You know, I'm healthy. Kids are healthy. You're healthy. Mm -hmm. Mom's healthy. All Um, you could ask for. All I can really ask for. Um, Yeah. So let's, 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 let's get right into some Nick topics. Before we do that, actually, last week on the Nick's Take podcast, excuse me, not last week, last episode of the Nick's Take podcast, we discussed R.J. Barrett signing a four-year contract extension. Mm-hmm. That contract extension with incentives is, is going to make him about $120 million. But without Highest the... paid player on the team. Yes. He will, even without, without the incentives, he will, make, he will be making $107 million, $106, somewhere around that. He'll be making $1 million more than Julius Randle without incentives for the both of them, which means that if anybody wants to really make the claim that they're the guy on this team, RJ Barrett has the best claim. Donovan Mitchell traded not to the New York Knicks, but the Cleveland Cavaliers was also discussed in this last episode of the Knicks Day podcast. We kind of went into the ins and outs, whether the Knicks actually had a shot, whether there were some hurt feelings involved in regards to why the Knicks couldn't acquire Donovan Mitchell whose fault it was that the Knicks didn't come. We went into a lot of different things about that. We also discussed what the Knicks' future looks like with all of the moves that were made and with the absence of Donovan Mitchell, with the absence of um, some of the failed moves and some of the 
successful moves in the offseason, what the Knicks future may look like moving into the regular season. And yeah, um, that's what we that's what we discussed last time. French, let's talk about what has happened since then. Yeah, we it's been a little minute before like training camp got to start. There was a little bit of Knicks news. The Knicks signed a, a, a couple players, including Daquan Jeffries, Ryan Archidiakono, Sfi Mikhailuk, Jalen Harris, and um, I, they, they we're not probably going to see much of these guys. Um, a lot of them are going to be mostly ended a bench rotation. If we got a bunch of injuries, they might get some burn. But I like Sfi Mikhailuk. I, I know I'm not saying his name right at all. He was on Toronto along with like Jalen Harris, who was suspended for like a year for something. I don't even remember. And we saw Daquan Jeffries in summer league. He was a good shooter. Ryan Archidiakono, he's like Jalen Brunson's like best friend, allegedly. He was on the team last year. So these are the guys that have guaranteed contracts. And then there were a bunch of guys that are definitely going to be down in the G League who got signed and then waived. And those guys are Quentin Rose, MJ Walker. Who we see, we saw both of those guys with the Westchester Knicks last year, along with Garrison Brooks. And then there's a new guy who I, I don't think we've seen last year. He's uh, from Nigeria, if I'm not mistaken, Nuni Omat. I hope I'm saying his name right. Uh, he was also signed, and he's a South Sudan Sudanese player, and uh, he went undrafted in 2018. So. He's gonna be on the on the uh, Westchester Knicks this year, so I guess with that, with them getting signed and waived, I know a lot of fans are like confused by that. This gives them like some kind of pay raise because of the fact that they got signed to the big team and then got waived to go to the G League. It's like that's that's their incentive to sign with the Knicks over other teams because you don't really hear other teams doing stuff like that. And right. Knicks have been doing this for like several years now. Um, but other than the signings, yeah, other than the signings, Leon Rose spoke with Alan Hahn on a conversation with Leon Rose for MSG um, the Friday or so before media day, basically just getting his media coverage for the year done with because we ain't going to see Leon Rose again after this. So he wanted to sit down with Alan Hahn, get all the questions that people have for Leon Rose. He said, come sit down and ask anything alan Hyde did just like just that he he asked all the questions that media have been dying to ask leon rose about all all summer he asked about donovan mitchell trade he asked about um cam reddish requesting the trade allegedly he asked about the role of julius Randle this year coming into the season how the young guys are gonna get more minutes so if you haven't seen it, definitely you want to go see it. Even though Leon Rose didn't really say many things different than what we would expect, um, but that was a conversation. I felt like Alan Han asked all the questions that you would actually think to ask. Um, he was asking if they're gonna have any type of minute uh, distribution. Like, are they gonna have any input on the minutes? And he said Tom Thibodeau's gonna be control of all of that. So, yeah, we, not much has changed since last season. It, the same message that Leon Rose gave to the fans, same message he gave through this uh, through this uh, conversation with Alahan. So, 
only thing yeah. only thing that happened since then was the content day. So you could you could dive into that a little bit. Yeah, much like much like that conversation with Leon Rose, uh, next content day basically let us know that everything that was par for the course before is still par for the course. And Leon Rose had the opportunity to assuage a lot of fans' fears as far as what's going to happen with the young guys, assuage fears about solidifying a direction that is clear. And he didn't really do that. And next content day, if you didn't, if you thought that next content day was going to make things more clear, you probably should have just paid attention to Leon Rose's, um, you know, conversation the two days or three days before, because nothing has changed. Next, the Knicks streamed an hour long media session with the, with Knicks players on YouTube. Monica, Monica McNutt was the primary interviewer. Um, with kid reporter Jaslyn Guerra handling secondary duties. I don't feel, or Jaslyn Guerra, if I want to be Spanish, I don't feel anything particularly important was put out there. Although I do feel that the quality wasn't really up to up to par, and that was a little surprising. Uh, yeah, I thought it was choppy as hell. It was times yeah. where it was muted, started yeah, late. Julius, Julius Randle was, was talking, and you couldn't hear nothing. Like It was just... Yeah, it was that's surprising coming from one of the biggest franchises in sports in, in terms of financially and making money and all of that stuff. There's really no excuse for that. Derrick Rose basically walked around all day shirtless, show off how fit he looked after losing weight during the summer, which I think is good, you know, but my concern has never really been whether Derrick Rose is in shape or not. It, my concern has been you can't play him more than a certain amount of minutes. And you got to have players in front of him that are going to play enough so that you cannot play him over that certain amount of minutes. Kemba Walker couldn't be that guy. Alfred Payton couldn't be that guy. We got Jalen Brunson now. So I, I think we'll, I think we should expect for Derrick Rose to have a, a much healthier season this year than he did before. But, you know, let, let him flex off his, his new shape. <laughs> Reporters were able to interview players separately from what was shown on the MSG feed on YouTube. Uh, Jalen Brunson apparently was not a fan of free agency. He felt that it was a little bit too public. He didn't like the way that everything played out. How There was a lot of things that went out there that weren't true. And he didn't really like it. He thought it was a little ugly, so... Hopefully that means that he's not really hoping to test free agency waters as a Nick. And hopefully that one situation um, that he's going to be like, yeah, no, I'm good on that. And I hope he's so. either, <laughs> he, and he's either going to just resign with the Knicks for whatever, or the Knicks trade him, or, you know, we, we tell him, yeah, we're not, we're not going to go with you. So, and then he can go somewhere else. Yeah. But I don't want him to be like, yeah, maybe I'll come back to the next. Maybe that yeah, hopefully, and it doesn't sound like that's what's going to happen. But hopefully, that doesn't happen. Yeah, it doesn't seem like he would have a reason to want to leave. Everything no. that he could want is here. Correct. Um, yeah. Julius Randle apparently blessed us with this quote: "When it's good, it's easy to be a leader. When things aren't as good and you're going through adversity, I think it's even more important. So I learned a lot." 
obviously there are some things preceding that and after that, but um, very clearly he's acknowledging that the way he behaved <laughs> last year was not one of a leader, which is why I think that the Knicks offered to pay RJ Barrett $1 million more than him in his contract extension. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's not a leader. So he I, maybe, I'm not going to lie to you. Julius Randle's media day content day, whatever it was, he bought a little time with me. I'm not going right. to lie to you. He, he, he if, he's, if he if he's showing that he looked at himself in the mirror, I'm gonna talk about this a little bit later. Mm-hmm. It seemed like he looked at himself in the mirror and did everything he could to get the most out of himself this next year coming up. Mm-hmm. If Tibbs is there, Leon is there, all I'm telling him what he needs to do, and he's willing to change his game around that, I'm willing to give him an opportunity to actually prove us wrong, to prove I'm everyone willing- wrong that we want yeah. him gone. If he can show up and be a Draymond Green level kind of defender, which is a lot to ask, but he's not that far size-wise from Draymond, and he's playing under Thibodeau, who's one of the best defensive coaches in the NBA. We just need him to be a a rock on defense, be solid consistently, and not dribble the ball out on offense, having – a, a, a 15 second isolate isolation possession ending up with a break and then everyone's out the rhythm of the game fast break on the other end score and now we're gonna have to watch you trying to create your own shot again like we have Jalen Brunson here this year he's gonna be able to set the teammates up and I'm hoping that we could see like in the first few preseason games I feel like I'm gonna tell a lot because there was a lot of information on this content day that all the players been together all summer. Mm-hmm. They've been working out together. The only player that hasn't really been in the gym was Evan Fournier. And that's literally because he's across the world in uh, France playing over there in the FIBA tournament. But all the young guys were in there. Obi said he was in there every day. Quick was in there every day for the most part, whenever he wasn't, traveling or going to these little pro-am games in the summertime. So I'm I'm really just excited to just see how this team looks together as a team and how Julius Randle could fit into that because it doesn't make sense to trade him for nothing if he's going to sh- he's showing that he's ready he's ready to be incorporated in this team and be a team player he doesn't have to be the top dog he could just be a leader just based off of his talent because he's still one of the most talented players on the team and if he can tap into what he was in the in the all nba season i don't think any knicks fans are still going to want him traded if he's gonna if he's proven to do that consistently so he's bought a little time with me how how, how you feel about julius Randle? i think you're wrong <laughs> um why am I wrong? Because if he goes back to that all NBA um, situation, I'm going to be thankful, and I'm still going to want them to trade him. For what? And that's not to say, and that's not to say, well, for equal value. But that's not going to happen. That's what I'm saying. Because even if he does go back to all NBA level play, 
what other all NBA level player could we get in return? Not many teams are going to be convinced that he's going to be like this consistently. We're going to have to see Randall do this for a few seasons before we could get another all NBA level player in return for Julius. I think here's the thing that I think. I think that to do it once and to be able to call it a fluke is a lot easier than to do it twice and call it a fluke. I think that there will be a team out there with a disgruntled player who wants out, who's an all-NBA player, who would be willing to trade them for Julius Randle and additional assets. It's not going to be one-for-one trade because you you have to, you ha- you have to, you know, hedge your bets, so to speak. In the case that it is a fluke, mm-hmm. but with that said. I do think that you can pull off a trade if he's able to show that he can do that again. Because then you could say, well, maybe last maybe last season was the fluke. Maybe it was the having the kid and all of that stuff. Maybe that's what caused him to not be able to be the type of guy that he is. He's able to recapture that magic. If he could recapture mm-hmm. the magic once, he could re- recapture the magic twice. He could recapture the magic three times. But if he could never recapture the magic again, which is what people will say, that he could never recapture that magic, then why am I going to... Why Why would I give up anything for him? With that being said, I don't. I, I don't think that that's a likely scenario. I don't think that if he gets back to All-NBA, I don't think that the Knicks are going to want to all of a sudden now look to trade him, which is what they would need to do. They would need to look to trade him. And if he gets worse, then they're not going to trade him for anything good, which is also something that I don't think they want. I I think that they don't want to do. I I don't believe that they want Julius Randle off of this team unless they think they're getting fair value. The only outcome that I could see where he's getting traded is that he plays slightly better than he did last year, but not quite the all-NBA play that he did the year before. He's a positive contributor. He's right outside of the all-star conversation, if not in the thick of it. And he's a, a decent defender. If he can get there and he can show to be a positive asset, that might be the best case scenario for me. But I am still all the way done with Julius Randle. Uh, I do think that he it, it is possible f- that we'll never see last season Julius Randle again. But it goes beyond what he did last season. It goes beyond what he did two seasons ago before the, mir- the miracle playoff team with Alfred Payton being called to come off the bench all season, but still leading us to the playoffs and all of these things. We need a better fit than Julius Randle. If RJ Barrett is our number one guy, which based on the contract extension, based on the fact that he was not traded for Donovan Mitchell, based on just how you look at the squad, R.J. Barrett has to be the guy. Everybody, All the fans love R.J. Barrett. Leon Rose has to say that he loves R.J. Barrett. He can't, put him, he can't put him on the market now after not getting Donovan Mitchell. He has to make R.J. Barrett the face of the franchise at this point. R.J. Barrett and Randall don't really work the best together. Um, we very nearly had 
four-fifths of a starting lineup with lefties, right? That's not necessarily a great thing. I don't think it matters. I don't know if it matters or not, but I don't know. But the fact that him and Randall kind of operate in the same spaces, they both like the ball in their hands, they're going to have to play off each other. And to this point, I haven't seen them work off of each other to a significantly great degree. Yeah, but we haven't seen them much together at all. We saw them in a pro-am game. What you talking about? Who? RJ and Julius Randle. Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm thinking you're talking about Brunson and Randle. <laughs> no, RJ and Julius Randle don't go together. I think Julius, I think Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson can fit together. I think Jalen Brunson and RJ Barrett can fit together. I'm not so sure about Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson, and RJ Barrett fitting together. That's the thing. So. I'm I'm off of the Julius Randle tra- uh, train. I'm off of the Julius Randle train, and that doesn't mean that I I I'm rooting for him to fail. It doesn't mean anything like that. You should not do that, sir. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not sure about that. I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure about like whether he's going to be better or worse or anything like that. I'm not rooting for him to be worse. I hope he is better because apparently he is going to be on this team day one. The team is operating like everybody who's currently in camp is going to be the same pieces who are going to be there on day one. I have to root for him to play well. I still think that the Knicks would be better served for him to be off the team. I think they would be better. I think they would be a better team with a player like Obi Toppin starting with that lineup than they would trying to figure out how the three-headed monster of Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson, and R.J. Barrett is going to work in that starting lineup. Yeah. So, we, could, we, we could go back and forth about this for a little while. I, I can't believe that I'm going to be a Julius Randle-like defender going and <laughs> starting the season, but it's cool. To start training camp outside of Julius Randle, Quentin Grimes was seen walking around with a boot. And the Knicks say, Tibbs was saying that he had like a little ankle injury. He's day-to-day with left foot soreness. It's nothing crazy, but they're just trying to be uh, precautionary, take precautionary measures to make sure that he's good. And um, I don't know. I don't think that's a great sight to see him in a boot in the first day of practice, but it, it's, 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 it doesn't sound significant. So we're just going to not pay much mind to that. The other news regarding Quentin Grimes that was kind of significant was Tibbs announced that Evan Fournier is the front runner to lead, to to have the starting shooting guard job to start the season, and mm-hmm. of course, you know that 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 set Nick's Twitter into a frenzy, and everyone <laughs> was thinking that Quentin Grimes or at least quickly would have the front row the the running. I, don't, I, can't, I can't talk. The front runner role for the starting job, but it didn't work out that way yet. He's a vet. Evan Fournier is a vet. He just finished doing a lot of good things overseas at the FIBA tournament. It was his role last year. I, I, don't, I didn't really find much shocking about this because I know Tibbs is Tibbs. He's going to have a veteran lose his job rather than just giving it to a second-year player 
because the, the fans really want to see him. Evan Fournier proved to be a 10-year vet. Um, he want to see how this unit looks together before he just gives up on it. And I'm not saying that I'm cool with it. I think this is going to be a short-term thing. Grimes just has to prove that he's ready for the starting role position, starting shooting guard position. And then once he proves that, that's when he'll get it. But yeah, he's Tibbs has always said you're gonna have to earn everything. He you ain't gonna just we're not I didn't expect us to start start the year off shoot with with uh with the second year shooting guard, Quentin Grimes just jumping into the lineup. But we will see that eventually. He just has to, you know, prove himself a little more. Um outside of that, Tom Thibodeau enraged Nick's Twitter again, talking about the Julius Randle Obi Toppin pairing, and he was saying how this the 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 pairing doesn't produce in meaningful minutes. They they have an overall positive rating, but um, if you take if you take away the games where there weren't blowouts, it 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 didn't amount to many good possessions it was a lot of I remember the Raptors game last season in Toronto uh I believe it was the first game we had in Toronto they tried the pairing together and it was back like back-to-back layups and Tips was ready to give up on it already I personally feel like you need to see the, the pairing together for more than a significant time period at least like you got to have a, a, a good measure to gauge it you know what i'm saying you can't just have them out there for like three games and say it don't work only played 100 minutes together it don't work like you have to see them these are two talented players we spent the eighth overall pick on obi Toppin, gave julius Randle a huge contract a multi-year contract these are two players that are going to be on this team unless a trade happens so we have to figure something out because 15 minutes of obi Toppin in a game is not going to work He's shown that he's too good of a player to just get 15 minutes, barely see him on the court, and give all the power forward minutes to Julius Randle because he he hasn't shown that he deserves to be leading the NBA in minutes anymore. So that's a job for Tom Thibodeau to figure out. We have some backup big men on the roster. We signed Isaiah Hartenstein, and I don't really see uh, the Obi Top and Julius Randle pair playing much together because of that and the fact that we have a young promising center in Jericho Sims who's already going to be third string. So I feel like we can put this fantasy to bed until further notice. Um, Speaking about Derrick Rose, you said he was walking around the practice facility with a shirt off, showing that he lost some weight. He said in his interview that he cut sugar from his diet, took his, his weight real serious this summer. Tom Thibodeau sent him an email telling him to cut down on his weight and he he took that challenge and he's been training all offseason. He says that he's fully healthy and he's just ready to go. So I feel like Derrick Rose, we missed him a lot last year. So he's going to definitely, definitely raise our win totals if, he, if he's relatively healthy this year. Um, I think he's going to be a big part of the bench unit. I feel like we could have the best bench in the NBA, um, especially if Evan Fournier joins him on the bench somewhere around like – 10 games into the season. I feel like we're going to have a long season. We're going to need that shooting off the bench, that offense off the bench, because we're not going to be able to match up with a lot of these starting fives in the NBA. 
may, hopefully we will, but I don't see it like when we play in Golden State. I don't see it when we play the elite of the elite like Denver. Miami, we could probably match up well with, but it's not, it's not, well, I don't feel like there's many teams that can blow us out just because of the fact that our bench has has so much offense, regardless of Evan Fournier is on the bench or not. We have so much chemistry with this team. This team knows each other. Mm-hmm. They've been together all summer. So I feel like we can have a high win season this year and actually surprise a lot of people. Um, I know this is a completely different take than what I had last episode i'm saying we probably won't make the play in but the more i thought about it the more i just heard from training camp uh the more i just listened to the players talk about how they've been together all summer they have a lot of chemistry together rj barrett saying he they the knicks are gonna shock the world i just i'm thinking back to last year when rj was saying that he's on the verge of becoming special and he's had multiple games last year where he definitely looked special. Mm-hmm. Look, think back to the New Orleans game. He was out there, dropped 35 points, put the team on his back in the fourth quarter, closed them out. That Lakers game in LA, we lost that game, but who forced overtime? RJ Barrett did after scoring what, like eight points straight, get getting a rebound dunk on Anthony Davis it, like he's he's he showed a bunch that game a whole a whole variety to his bag he was doing a lot of spin lay-ins and you know he's just showing a lot throughout the end of the season he was going on a, a a huge run where he was just going 30 in the first half 20 20 back-to-back games with like 20 game 20 points uh he was just going crazy he finished the game averaging 20 points a game He's been consistently getting better every year. So I'm just really excited to see what he's going to do this year because he says that he's been really working on his free throws. He's been working on his uh, creating shots off the dribble. And you know he's been working on just all the stuff that – Huh? Everything. Yeah, everything. He's been working (laughs) on just all the stuff that he really cost him last year, like – if you think about it, that 47-point game really should have been a 50-point game because all the missed free throws he, he had. And yep. he wasn't even getting the ball in the third quarter much that game. So he really could have went for 60 if you really think about it. And yep. I don't see that happening much this season, um, mainly because the guys who are on the team know what he's capable of. Um, they've had experience with him. For three for three years now, for the most part, outside of iHeart and uh, Brunson, everybody's here who's in the rotation has played together. Um, I'm hoping that like we get to see some Cam Reddish because if we do get to see some Cam Reddish, that means that he's one to trust the Tibbs over. And Cam is like a real special kind of like skill set that we have on this team only because he's on this team no one else can do what he can do so if he showed up to camp ready to play he's been working hard all offseason and he earned Tibbs' trust we're gonna see somebody out the rotation but that means he's most likely gonna be one of our best players as well 
And that adds an entirely different dynamic to the team that no one has even really considered just because Cam Reddish has been on the verge of being off the Knicks since the minute he got here. But, yeah, I'm going on the rant. Just tell me what your overall, like, overview of what the Knicks is putting out there. So the one thing that I that was very clear, both Leon Rose, Knicks content day, Knicks training camp, overall theme is that the Knicks want to win. Not only do they want to win, they want to be in the playoffs. The youth movement is important, but the youth movement is is secondary to that. Now, there's been a lot of discussion. There's been a lot of, you know, anger, even me, right? When Tom Thibodeau came out and announced that Evan Fournier is the front runner for that two spot, I got I got a little triggered. I'm not going to lie. When he came out and was like, yeah, no, I think we feel, I, I think that the Julius Randle Obi Toppin thing doesn't work. I think that's been shown. It doesn't work. I once again felt a little not as much as the as much as the Fournier thing, but I was still a little bit rankled, but I understood that a little bit more. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, I've been reading a lot. And as I'm listening and as I'm reading, I have been able to talk myself into realizing that I'm upset because the Knicks are not being run by me, essentially, right? The way that I would run the Knicks and the way that it's being run are two different things. And I think once you realize that and you take a step back and you take a, a, you take a seat and you really analyze, that's not to say that the Leon Rose regime has done everything good or has you know, made all of the best decisions, but what they've done so far has been above all else, consistent from the moment they signed Tom Thibodeau to now, everything they have done has been in the interest of winning games. If you want to disagree with how Tom Thibodeau goes about winning games, not going to hold you. He he doesn't do the most that he can to win games, but what he does do in the name of, attempting to win games is to avoid the most losses. Every decision that he makes is to avoid a loss. If you, if you want to say those are the same thing, you can't really be mad at Tom Thibodeau. If you want to look at it and say, well, no, that's not exactly the same thing. I want a coach who is actually going to give us the most wins. Yeah. I can be up see why you're upset with Tom Thibodeau as a coach and And I could even say, you should also be mad at Leon Rose because he's not viewing his coaching job in the same way. But if I'm Leon Rose and I'm looking for the coach who's doing everything possible that they believe is going to get my team wins, why would I fire him? Right? The one thing that's been stated over and over and over by Tom Thibodeau himself and by other people is... (laughs) Nobody watches this team more than I do. I believe nobody, him, nobody watches this team. Nobody studies this team more than I do. 
I, I agree, right? That, and from all accounts, he is obsess- obsessively pouring over tapes and looking at tapes and watching games numerous times and watching. And I believe that. The one thing that I will say is other people have a better ability to watch this team and pour over tape. They have, they like, I could watch the Knicks game live. And while Tom Thibodeau is watching from the sideline and analyzing, I can rewind what I just saw, right? While he's coaching and he's trying to draw up the next play. I can rewatch pieces of the game as the game is still going live. And then I can skip ahead and I can do the same thing for every play. And then when he's talking to the, to the players, I can go back and watch the game again while he's not watching film. Right. So it is possible for somebody to watch more film on the Knicks than Tom Thibodeau, even not getting paid for it. And they could come up with, a different reason for why Tom Thibodeau has come up, has, has made decisions that he like come up with a different reason for why Julius Randle and Obi Toppin don't work or why they have, why they haven't been successful, but they could be come up with different reasons for why this starting lineup doesn't work. Right. There is a kind of obsessive nature of Tom Thibodeau to believe that what he believes is right. And that's not necessarily the greatest thing to me. But once again, as Leon Rose, I'm watching what he does. The man is dedicated to his job. He's pouring over the tape and all that stuff. All of this hyperbole that he does in the interviews doesn't really matter to me. I can't be mad at Leon Rose. I can't be mad at Tom Thibodeau. They're both doing their jobs the best way that they know how. And the object of this team from both of them, the object is win games at any cost, win win games, do your best to win those games. And if you believe that what you're doing is the best way to win games and it's still not giving you the desired amount of wins, then there's nothing else that you could do. Okay, we'll try to retool and we'll try to work at it next year. That's the way that this team has been operating. That's the way this team is going to operate. That's the way that. This team is, and you can either accept it or you, or you don't accept it and you got to leave it alone, but you can't, you can't continue to obsess over all of Tom Thibodeau's many faults and be upset and drive yourself into madness because you know what? Tom Thibodeau, he's got a winning record on this team. He's got a winning record. Until he doesn't have a winning record on this team, which probably will happen, right? He probably will get there because we have a, a really bad schedule to in to the beginning of this season. We got we got some bad stretches coming up. Yeah, but we'll see how bad it is when we get there. Right. I feel like there's always until, injuries. But until he until we get there and it's like, "Dad, you're really far be- beyond below 500 as a collective in all your time as being here. You're not doing what we want you to do. You're not winning games." Until we get there, we just we just got to deal with it. It's got it is what it is, right? If he starts off the season and he's and and the Knicks are winning with Evan Fournier at the two, what are you gonna say? 
what can you say? You can't say anything because the object of this team, the goal for this team is to win games. And as long as we as Knicks fans realize that the team is doing what they think is the best that they can do to win games and to make the playoffs, as long as we put that in the forefront, we shouldn't say anything until it has become clear that we're not that this team is not doing that anymore. Just like we did last season when it looked like the Knicks had no chance in making the play in. With that being said, I got over my Evan Fournier thing real quick. Are, are you are you okay with the Evan Fournier starting? Um, are you asking like if it's a long term thing or just how in general like in starting general. the year? I'm like, not mad at if, it if, because if, I know if, Evan Fournier wasn't the problem last year. Right. If Evan Fournier was to start all season, right, would you have a problem with that? Um. If he's starting all season, that means that he's doing something that warrants him to start all season. So, yep, I wouldn't be mad at that. But if he's playing like how he was last year, no improvement, no consistency, and he's still starting, then, yeah, I, I don't understand it at all. Okay. And that's basically how I feel. I don't think that – I don't think Evan Fournier will start all year if getting into January – He's not shooting the way he had last season the, to end the season. Because that's basically what Tom Thibodeau said. We need shooting in the starting lineup, which I was like, all right, Tom, you, you acting like Quentin Grimes is not almost as good a shooter as Evan Fournier, but all right. Right. But at the same time, Fournier broke the Knicks record for three point yes. shooting. So he he's he's deserved he's earned the right to be the front runner. If teams are gonna I don't s- understand people being outraged by hearing that news. It's not outrageous. It's 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 the fact that it if you're gonna say we need shooting and that's why Evan Fournier is starting, no. Because Quentin Grimes is a damn good shooter. Right? Not so as if you want to say though. nobody Fournier, okay, but that's Fournier not, does step backs, all type of like he makes really tough shots. I agree. He just needs to be consistent. That's the only I thing. agree with you. I agree with you. But if it's just about shooting, they both mark. They both check check that box right there. They mm-hmm. both check it. If you want to say fit, they both check that box, right? If you want to say defense, one of them doesn't check that box, and it's Evan Fournier. He doesn't check that box. He he can't play defense as well as Quentin Grimes. And even though he's a much better shooter, right? Uh, now you're now you're okay. What is the reason why Evan Fournier is starting? Because if a team has to choose between sagging off of Evan Fournier or sagging off of Quentin Grimes, they're going to sag off of Quentin Grimes. That's basically what it is. They they would rather not sag over off of either. Let me just be. Yeah. They, they would rather just stay on both of them. But if they have to make a choice, they're gonna they they need to stick to Evan Fournier. They can't let him. They if they have to choose. All right, who's gonna shoot this shot? Quentin Grimes. Let Quentin Grimes shoot the shot until he proves otherwise. Them, but I see them playing a lot together though. Like I don't I, see it being an either or. I see them. I, I definitely see them a lot of lineups with either Brunson or Quickly with Grimes and Fournier on the floor. 
Well, speaking of quickly, that was another concern, right? Remember last week we went over the lineups and we talked about who was starting and who's whatever? Yeah. And we said, well, if this team as constructed goes into the games, this is what the lineups are going to be. And let me say, if Evan Fournier is starting, how many minutes is Emmanuel quickly getting? And if Emmanuel quickly gets significant minutes, how many minutes is Quentin Grimes getting? And that's and and that this is the thing. The Knicks are trying to win games. The starting lineup's gonna be unless Quentin Grimes or Emmanuel quickly rest that starting position from Evan Fournier. The starting lineup is going to be Jalen Brunson, Evan Fournier, RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson. Backing up Jalen Brunson is going to be Derrick Rose. Backing up Evan Fournier is going to be Emmanuel Quickly. Backing up RJ Barrett is going to be Quentin Grimes. Backing up, backing up Julius Randle is going to be Obi, Top, Obi Toppin. And backing up Mitchell Robinson is going to be Isaiah Hartenstein. That's 10 players. How many times did Tom Thibodeau play 10 players in a game last season? It was less than the amount of times. It was much less than the amount of times he played nine players. And a lot of these players are here from last year. So better though. They're all they all made improvements over the summer. They all did, but we also got rid of Alec Burks, Campbell Walker, who didn't play, Nerlens Noel, who didn't play. And we added Jalen Brunson and Isaiah Hartenstein. Somebody that we like ain't gonna get minutes. <laughs> at least just, to start the year. At least to start the year. And people are are people are like, oh well Derek Rose is gonna miss some time that are I don't I don't see it that way. I don't see Derek Rose missing as much time as he did last season. Derek Rose, as I said, lost so much time last year because Kemba Walker didn't he, he couldn't he couldn't fit the role that we asked him to play. Derrick Rose ended up having to take the bulk of the minutes. And as soon as he started taking the bulk of the minutes, his play started declining. He got hurt and then he had to stop playing. If Kemba Walker was the guy that he was supposed to be, I feel like Derrick Rose would have played a lot more games. Now we have Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson is not Kemba Walker. Jalen Brunson is not Alfred Payton. Derrick Rose is going to play the amount of minutes that he was supposed to. And if he plays the amount of minutes that he's supposed to, he's not going to get hurt like that. We might be looking at a good 70 games of Derrick Rose this season. I think that's a good ballpark. And if I'm right, and this is me being hopeful, I'm not, if he, if don't start adding me talking about, oh, I thought you said Derrick Rose is going to play seven. No, this is me being hopeful. I think Derrick Rose is going to play 70 games. Somewhere in that ballpark. 68 is is going to be my official guess. Yeah, I would lean towards like 60, 65. Right? If he's playing that many games, he, you know he's ahead of Emmanuel quickly. 
So once again, some one of these two guys quickly, Quentin Grimes, they're not going to get minutes in the name of winning games. If the Knicks win games, we can't complain, except for the fact that they're now going to be not as good of an asset as they could be. But I digress. The most important thing for this team is winning games. Let's let's put that in. Let's keep that in perspective, and we'll just watch. Well, if they start losing, then you're gonna hear nobody complaining more than me, <laughs> because now you've you've made it clear. You want to win games. You want to make the playoffs. If you're not in that hunt, I'm gonna be tearing everything down, because you bailed out of the draft. And I was okay with it because I said, you know what? They still have all these assets. Maybe they make a trade, right? I would have loved to get Jaden Ivey. But maybe we could get somebody who's already a proven commodity. And then stars started dropping. Oh, this guy's available. Well, we didn't offer anything for them. This star's available. We didn't offer anything for him. Donovan Mitchell's actually available. We start putting things in for him. We didn't make the trade. Now, now we just stuck with the signings that we made and we got rid of the players that we did and we're going to run it back with mostly the same team, Sands, Alec Burks, Kemba Walker, Nerlens Noel, plus Jalen Brunson and Isaiah Hardenstein. If this is the grand plan and the, your object is to win games, you better win games. You better win games. You, you punted on... You punted on... Brunson and you ostensibly punted on Jaden Ivy when you guys played all of these veterans as much as you did, which I didn't mind. But you punted on getting Jaden Ivy when you played these guys for as long as you did. You brought Julius Randle back to play an extra game or two once it looked like we might have been able to make the play in. You made these decisions in the name of winning games. You can't you can't have it both ways. So other tidbits that happen, unless you have something to say. I know I went on for a very long rant there, French. You got anything that you want to clap back at me on saying? Not really clap back. I'm also just <laughs> hoping that they review their like decision-making uh, tactics and the decisions that they've made over the last few years that have bit them in the ass. Mm-hmm. And they learn from it because, yeah, exactly like you said, they, they was fiending for Jaden Ivey. And we could have had him if we just had a better draft pick. And we didn't have him a better draft pick because we were so focused on playing Alec Burks to end the year as the starting point guard. Uh, we focused on giving Julius Randle 40 minutes a game rather than splitting the time with Obi Toppin. Um, <clears throat> like, Jericho Sims deserves to, to play over Taj Gibson. And that's easy to say because we saw them be productive in the minutes that they did play. But behind the scenes, Tibbs gets to look at them every single day. And there's also a lot of development happening behind the scenes. Maybe they weren't ready to play uh, 82 games consistently. But even still, they're going to be learning in that time period. And Taj Gibson is still there to give him pointers. Alec Brooks is still there to give him pointers. They can learn from these guys to play that spent time in these roles that they're trying to develop under. 
So, yeah, that's a mistake. Even with them learning under those, un, un, under these, uh, Veterans. under this playing time, like under mm-hmm. these minutes that they get in, yeah, we would lose some games, but that's not going to hurt us because we ain't making the playoffs anyway. And even if we make the playoffs, where are we going to be going in the playoffs? So, yeah, we would have had a better chance at Jaden Ivey. But it just never happened. Uh, we signed Julius Randle to this multi-year extension when we didn't have to do that. And then he has the year that he has last year. Didn't have to do that, but we did it. Um, it's just a lot of decisions that they just made that have come back to bite them. And I don't know. I We haven't really heard them speak on any, any of that. They really just try to save face and just make it seem like they have everything taken care of. And I'm hoping that behind the scenes it's not like that. So that's the only takes I have in, in regard to that. Yeah, I move on. I, well, let me. All summer long, I was like, listen, it's fine, right? I was like, this is fine. This is not the end. This is not the end. This is not the end. But when you have three opportunities, or more to make a move that you think is going to help you win games and you cannot do it for one reason or another, right? There was two or three reasons why we couldn't get Ivy, right? There was, I don't know how many reasons there are that we didn't get Donovan Mitchell, but at the end of the day, we didn't get him. Whether we were You know, maybe we didn't put in enough. Maybe we took them for granted. Whatever the reason, right? We didn't get him. And oh, I'm trying to think of the other the other player that was available that the Knicks never even tried to get. DeJounte uh, Murray? DeJounte Murray. We never even tried to get DeJounte Murray. But you had the opportunity. And there were other stars that we would, we'd ha- we would not, not have gotten Kevin Durant. We were never in the running for that. But... This summer was the opportunity to make a home run swing, and we didn't make it. And we didn't make it. And yet we're still talking about wins and playoffs. At a certain point, your 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 viewpoints are not aligning. You had three crack you had three cracks at doing something that could have potentially gave you more wins. And the only reason that I could see that you didn't is because you thought that your youth was good enough to help you get more wins than what acquiring these assets would have taken. If you're still not playing the youth at the end of the year, you better have wins because you made a lot of hedging of your bets. And if you end up losing, I got a lot to say. Other tidbits that happened since the off-season the off ended or began. Evan Fournier, we spoke about him earlier. He led the France team to the Eurobasket finals where they lost to Spain. Former Nick Willie Hernan Gomez earned MVP honors for the Spanish team. HBO is going to premiere a film based on former Nick Jeremy Lin called 38 in the Garden on October 11, 2022. Are you excited? Are you interested in, in watching that, French? 
I mean, it's the day before my birthday, so I pretty much got to watch it as soon as 12 <laughs> o'clock hit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> got to do something on my birthday. I ain't making no plans to really do much. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Wait, before you go, you know Jeremy Lin's the reason like I became a Knicks fan, right? Yes. Yeah. So Jer- I, I got to watch this. I watched I the other Jeremy, Netflix documentary like 40 times. In case you're not familiar with Jeremy Lin, Jeremy Lin was... Uh, an Asian player came from Harvard, I believe, was his was his college team. Mm-hmm. Um, undrafted, I think he was in his second year in the league. He was signed by the Knicks. Not really, not really expected to be any part of the rotation when the year started. The Knicks got devastated by injuries. They basically had no point guards, and everybody was like, "Yo, we got this guy. We signed him." Like. Put him out there. Let's see what he can do. And finally, he was put out there. And they we're going to cut him. <laughs> it was one of the most historic moments in, Nick, in Nick's history to watch this kid who came from nowhere. And all of a sudden, he's the biggest name in damn near the world. His name was mm-hmm. a- as big as Kobe Bryant, LeBron James for that one month that he was leading the Knicks to to wins that they were not expected to get. And um, 38 in the Garden is one of those games that Jeremy Lin just went off was that the Laker game, I believe, that where he went off for thirty-eight yeah. points? Because went Kobe off for thirty. Like, who the who the hell is Jeremy? I, Jeremy like, Lin, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and he went off for thirty-eight and got the victory, and that was probably the climax, the high point of the entire what came to be known as Lin Sanity error yep. era. Um, and that was so, after he hit game winner in Toronto, right? I believe so. Yeah, he had game winner in Toronto. And that was the first I saw Jeremy Lin. Because you was telling me like to start paying attention to Knicks games around that time. Yep. I'm just like, Jeremy Lin. We're like, what what, a, what who is that? Why you want me to watch him? And then I was, wake up and I'm going to school one day and I see Jeremy Lin hit game winner in Toronto. I'm like, oh, that was cold. Let me see what he do next game. It's so funny he, to think about yeah. it's funny to think about yeah, now, but people were saying we gotta trade Carmelo. <laughs> we got to trade Carmelo and build around Jeremy Lin. Like that's that's how crazy that era was. That that little that that month or however many weeks that he was he was basically the Knicks leader. That that team came together around what Jeremy Lin was doing on the court. I think one day we should probably have a conversation about that too. But thirty eight in the garden. Tony was the of, coach. He yeah, locked him. They they. That's something that I'm very interested in watching. There's a lot of books and and there's other documentaries based on Jeremy Lin also, but I think I think this is this seems to be something that I I want to really pay attention to because it's going to be more than about that game. It's going to be about things leading up to his coming to the Knicks and the effect that that the Linsanity era had on Jeremy Lin. Jeremy Lin doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be doesn't seem too fond of the, the Linsanity era when he speaks about it now. But anyway, let's move on. Four Knicks were named in ESPN's top 100. Mitchell Robinson was listed as the 98th best player in the league. Julius Randle, the 71st. Jalen Brunson, 67th. And RJ Barrett is at 63. How do you feel about these rankings? Cloud chasing. 
They want <laughs> outrage. They want to just piss people off. If Jalen Brunson was still on Dallas, you think he'd be a 67? I think so. I think so. so. Jalen Brunson, listen, I, the reason why I think so is because everybody, for as long as I remember, was saying Jalen Brunson ain't as is only as good as he is because he plays with Luka Doncic. This was something that even now people are still the people who are still doubting Jalen Brunson are saying, I don't think he's going to be as good as he was. He was only as good as he was because he was playing next to Luka Doncic. And to me, it's like. If you saying that you have no clue as to what's going on, because he actually his stats were better without Luka than they were with him. And And he led he led that team (laughs) when. Luka Doncic was out for those first three or four games against the Jazz. He he was busting Jazz ass without Luka Doncic. So, and I think that's what sh- kind of showed that Jalen Brunson is actually a player, whether he's next to Luka or not. He's a guy that can actually lead your team to win. And in moments throughout the regular season when Luka wasn't playing, he was he was still doing the same things. He's a, he's a he's a quality point guard one of the top 50 players in the NBA, if you ask me. And he he was a part of leading the Dallas Mavericks to the Western Conference Finals. It was not just Luka, because Luka was there years before, pretty much playing at the same kind of level, and they didn't make it that far. Um, Jalen Brunson definitely had his imprints on the team, and for him to be able to take over like he did in the first round against Utah without Luka there, and then still be productive when Luke comes back. It shows you just how versatile he is. And now that he has his own team where he doesn't have to take a backseat to a Luka Doncic-level talented player, I feel like that's unlocking him to see what else he can do more consistently. He's a 50, 40, 90 player if you really – if you round up all his numbers for the most part. Like – he can he can be that level of player, and people just don't view him like that. So I feel like this season we're gonna get a chance to see that, and um, the top 100 next year for ESPN ain't gonna look like how it does this year. I can promise you that. Down in Boston. There's been a lot of news about Ime Adoka. He got suspended for at least one season <clears throat> for conduct detrimental to the team. All right. I believe that that's going to be a significant Let's talk about loss uh, what's going Boston. on around the Eastern Conference um, there. The French. assistant coach, Joe Mazzula, will take over the the, the head coaching duties for for the for Boston Celtics this year, according to Woj. And even outside of that, Robert Williams out six to eight weeks with a knee injury. Danilo Gallinari out for the season with an ACL injury. I do think Boston's going to take a step back this season. Um, They signed or they traded for Malcolm Brogdon, but he has a long history of being injury prone. So he's starting the season off healthy. So we'll see just like what that means for the, for the Celtics, but I don't know. My, my friend, uh, my friend uh, Jay, he's a a big Tatum fan and he feel like they going to win it all. I feel like they're going to be a seventh seed most likely this year. Um, but that's just me. What you, what you think about Boston this year? You think they're going to make it uh, back to the finals? 
I don't know about back to the finals, but I will say that Kevin Garnett, what he said is true. This is the time where you'll see who the real leaders are. And they and they need to rally around. They need to rally in the toughest of times, rally in the darkest of times, so that they can get through it, so that they can make it to the finals again, so they can win that ring. Right? They went through, they made it all the way to the finals only to lose. And now all of this stuff is happening with Ime Udoka, Danilo Gallinari getting uh coming to Boston and then immediately getting put out for the season with an injury, Robert Williams out with an injury. You if you can't make it through this, the season's done and it's gonna be done early. With that being said, I think Jason Tatum is going to do what he has to do to keep this team focused. And I think that he's going to be the guy that they rally with, rally behind. And if that's the case, Boston's going to be a tough out. Another it doesn't about, matter about the coach. Um, Boston is out I think that's going to be hanging throughout older. them throughout the season. And they're going to, if he's they can, if they can play they through it, they last year. So that's they're going to be a tough I, out for any team. I, I don't have them. Replicating That's the success feel, that they had last season. Oh. Yeah. I agree. I don't have them replicating it either, but if they're able to get wins in this situation... I don't think I think all of those other things ain't gonna I think that's gonna cause players who ain't that good to play much better than they'd have before. And that, that's something those that's things that you you can't really calculate, right? They should be worse. If they're not worse, if they're as good as they were last season, that, that means that players are gonna be playing beyond what they've played before because they, they've lost Nets. a lot. They're not, they, they lost Get their coach. Harris back you know, they're losing some really good players. Injury, if I'm not mistaken. And some players Simmons, are supposed to be older and getting worse. Maybe, maybe they will, please. maybe they won't, but he's uh, fresh off of back surgery. You want to move on to Brooklyn? KD and Kyrie, they seem to, you know, be buddy, buddy with the ownership group and GM and head coach again for now. I just feel like Brooklyn is like, they're one incident away from just erupting again. And right now is just the stage where everybody just got to play cool. Just like in LA, how they, uh, they got Westbrook and Beverly acting like they best friends. I feel like it's the same type of situation. It's real awkward, uh, for Brooklyn, but that's just my perspective. Um, Chicago's they, they going through their own thing with Lonzo ball. He has, has a significant injury that should have him out for several months. DeMar DeRozan looked like he's going to be the lead guard for that team. So I I see Chicago taking a significant step back. Well, not maybe not significant because Zach Levine is still a star-level player. But I don't really have much confidence in um, Chicago. I felt like they were overachievers last year for sure. Um, DeRozan had an MVP caliber season last year. He's now another year older. If I'm not mistaken, uh, I don't know how old he is, but I know he's in his 30s. If I had to guess, he was, yeah, it says he's 33, uh, just turned 33. 
I don't know if he has another season like that in him. I'm not certain. I know he's a real great player, but I got to see it to believe it. I don't really think Chicago's going to be a top five team this year. They might be a playing team. Cleveland, they another team that has to come through a whole lot of uh, chemistry issues. Not a whole lot of chemistry issues, but they're going to have to adjust to Donovan Mitchell, I feel like. Um, But I don't know. It's just real. We got to see how these teams are going to play and how they're going to mesh together before we can really have any predictions. But I think Cleveland's going to be good, but it's going to take them a while to get their chemistry right. Brooklyn, who knows? Chicago, injuries. They're going to get – um they 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 got Patrick Williams back this year, I believe. So they're going to have to get back into their groove together too. I think the Knicks are primed to make a huge – jump in the standings this year i don't see us missing the playoffs actually anymore i'm convinced maybe it's the Knicks fan in me who's just hoping that we don't miss the playoffs again but i i I don't know i see all the i see all the the foundation pieces that we need to be a good team this team reminds me of that clippers team that doc rivers got to the to the playoffs that one year because all those guys were hungry. They had veteran leadership, had a strong bench unit. They had talented young players. I feel like we can replicate the success, the success that they had. And back then, there was a loaded um, Western Conference. Maybe this season, the Western Conference isn't going to be really jam-packed with elite teams like it normally is. But I feel like in the Eastern Conference, it, it's definitely going to be packed with a lot of competitive teams. And we can definitely show out to be among the top seven, six, seven. I feel like we can make the playoffs. I feel like we can. If everyone's locked in, everyone's been together all summer, we got the, we don't have to go through no chemistry issues to start the year. Everyone's defending at a better level, it sounds like. Everyone's shooting more consistently. I know it's only just training camp. You're not supposed to read too much into what happens in the first week of training camp because every team is 0-0. Zero, zero. Every team is motivated. Everyone's happy to be there. But I don't know. It just feels a lot different this year to me personally. What's your thoughts on that? I think you're optimistic. <laughs> Not. I think what you mean to say is the Knicks are going to be in the play-in race. And they may be in the play-in. Playoffs is going to be very difficult. So I, since we last spoke, we had Bulls ahead of the Knicks. I think it's a very good chance that the Knicks could win more games than the Bulls, which has them firmly in the play-in race. Looking at the last year's standings, number one, Heat. Number two, Celtics. Number three, Bucks. Number four, 76ers. Number five, Raptors. Number six, Bulls. I think... One or two of those teams, and I think you agree, probably not going to be in that top six this year. Number seven, Nets. If they're healthy and they play most of the season together, I think KD, Kyrie, and Ben Simmons 
is going to take one of those top six spots. Atlanta Hawks. We'll Wild see. card. Cleveland Cavaliers. Wild card. We'll see. Hornets. Lottery. Probably not. <laughs> right? So basically, the Knicks are competing with the Bulls, Hawks, Cavs. And if you think one of the teams that were worse than the Knicks got significantly better. Detroit. That's exactly the team I was thinking of. They're going to be competing with those teams for seventh spot, sixth spot. Because we have Heat, Celtics, Bucks, 76ers, that's for sure, still in that top six. Nets in that top six. There's one spot that it's up for grabs. I think the Cavaliers get it. Cavaliers played way, really well last season before injuries happened. Now they have Donovan Mitchell. I think they're in the mix, and I think they might be in the mix more than the Knicks are. Everything else is a crapshoot. Not even gonna lie. I think Miami is bound to take a step back this year. Kyle right. Lowry, another year older. You know how old he is? Let me look it up real quick because I know he old. He old. <laughs> he, he, he ain't that old, but he old. Thirty six. Yeah, and he's gonna turn thirty seven halfway through the year. So I Pretty don't old. see him having a full healthy season. I don't want to keep uh, speaking on injuries when it comes to players, but. We got to just be realistic. A lot of these guys who were like leading the NBA, like LeBron and these guys, they're all getting pretty old. It's it's bound to happen where the young guys are going to just replace them. So we are thinking Mm -hmm. of all these teams like with the top of the line talent, like Brooklyn with KD and Kyrie. Like, yeah, they're all getting older. They're not going to be healthy, I don't think. Um, where Where was I just going with that? Damn, whatever. Philly, I feel like Philly, Milwaukee, and um, another team are like guaranteed to be the top of the East. What were mm-hmm. the teams that you just named that were top of the East? Philly, Milwaukee, Boston, 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 Milwaukee, Brooklyn. Sorry, that's the wrong one. I have Boston, Philly, Miami, Milwaukee. Did I say Milwaukee? Mm-hmm. Boston, Philly, Miami, Milwaukee. And then I said two were coming out, and then the Brooklyn was going in. Yeah, so I don't five. see Brooklyn going in. I see Boston dropping out of there, and I see Brooklyn staying down there. Miami has a potential to drop out of there. So I feel you, like you, you, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying, because Jimmy Butler, he's not the most – healthy player like we see it every year these players get injured yeah there's a point in the season where Miami is going to be the number one team in the east most likely but then things happen that's not going to stay the case same thing Mm -hmm. with Brooklyn same thing with Boston like they starting off the year without um Robert Williams I feel like Robert Williams is a huge piece in their rotation you ain't gonna be able to recover that with uh, 30 minutes from Al Horford. So you do have Grant Williams there. They're going to rely a lot on him to start the year. And I, I I, feel like he's a really good player, but 
Um, Listen, new I don't coach. I, I don't. There's a lot to overcome to start the year with all these allegations. They, they, the, yeah. the Boston Celtics allegations, the only thing that stopped the Robert Sarver news, which is crazy <laughs> to me, but it's like, whatever. I feel like French, it's a lot to overcome. I don't want to, I don't want to go over these teams for too long because they're not the Knicks, but every, every team has problems, right? These teams all have a player or players that are better than that are currently better than anybody that the Knicks currently have. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, and that's big at the end of the day, that's what it's going to come down to. But the bench, can you say the same about that? No, we can't say the same about the bench, but the be- Knicks bench is pretty much the same as it was last year outside of Isaiah Hartenstein. And I feel like we improved. Well, you need to do more than improve your bench. You need to have a solid starting lineup. The players that are going to play the most minutes for your team are generally the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. And those are the players that need to carry you to victory. Okay, let me stop you right there then. Can't, go ahead. Because when you review the starting lineup, last year we were starting Alec Burks at the one. Now we have yes. Jalen Brunson at the one. Would you say right. that's a, a huge improvement? That's a huge improvement. I feel like our biggest issues for the last four or five years is that we have so much talent on this team. Not four or five. I'm, I'm kind of dragging it. For the last several years, we've had... A lot of team, I mean, a lot of talent on this team that just hasn't been utilized properly because we don't have a point guard. I believe Jalen Brunson solves a lot of issues that we've been having. And we were the fourth seed two years ago when we had just a a solid point guard at starting starting five. Yes. That was during COVID. No fans. Julius Randle had a a phenomenal year. Even beyond that, though, French. But wait, hold on, let me finish. But I also believe outside of the fans being the outside of the fans not being in the arena, Alfred Payton and Julius Randle had a, a lot of chemistry together, and that's also what led to his best year. So, with that being said, Jalen Brunson adds a lot more wins, a lot more wins than we had last year. I feel like I can't give you a specific number. Because the other teams, like you said, in the East are just so much better. We're going to be going to get, like, still sharp and still. I feel like RJ is going to have a big step this year to be an all-star. He's going to keep improving. We got to account for that. But, all right, go ahead. What you well, since, say? You, since, you, since you already hinted at it, what's your prediction for the season? I see us 48 wins. It's a little bit higher than I would go. I have the Knicks at forty-three. Originally, I was going to say forty-one. I thought they were going to be five hundred, and I think you've brought up a lot of great points as far as the rest of the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. I you brought up reasons why the Knicks got worse within themselves. But the biggest point that you failed to make, that you failed to address, mm-hmm. when the Knicks were the fourth seed, that immediate offseason, every team in the East, almost every team in the East got better. And some teams got so much significantly better 
that they leapfrogged the Knicks, whether the Knicks improved or not. Because the Knicks didn't make that significant addition mm-hmm. after they went to their four seed. And then again, this past offseason, the East has still gotten better than it was the season before. Mm-hmm. But you have to, not you every have to single that team that was at the top of the East got better either. Correct. The but teams the at the bottom get... of the East definitely got better. And it's not but, guaranteed but... that the teams at the bottom are definitely going to leapfrog the Knicks, like Detroit, for example. Matt Orlando, for example, Indiana, Wizards, these are all teams that are the most likely going to stay at the bottom of the East, in my opinion. Charlotte was ahead of the Knicks. They're going to be they they're going to be worse without Miles Bridges. Cleveland Hawks, like all these other teams, are going to be in the mix with the Knicks. But we won't see how the season's going to play out until we see how it plays out. I feel like between. Four and seven is up for grabs for anybody at the and in, in in the mix that we're talking about Cleveland, Atlanta, Brooklyn, Bulls, Toronto, Miami. All of those teams are gonna be in that race. And I feel like we match up pretty well with these teams because even if we don't match up with them star-wise in a starting five, we were pretty much we beat Miami last year without no point guard, and we're going to be better this year. They haven't really improved much. And it's not like every game was like – I understand the last game that we beat them, it was the end of the year. Guys were probably not playing. But we weren't getting blown out last year by these teams. And no, we, were, we, we were matching up well with a lot of these top teams, and we weren't even at full strength with a, a, a solidified point guard and a backup big man. Now we got both of those things. Mm-hmm. Our backup big man is one of the most di- di- diverse players on the team. I don't know. Is diverse the right word to use? He's, he's, uh, he's, he brings something to the table that the other centers don't bring. He's a passer. He's, he's able to stretch the floor. We're going to be a, a much better team than last year, I feel like. Much, much better. I, I think that the Knicks can be a much better team and can still be entrenched in that seventh eighth play-in spot and uh, you know but you can I just have 48 at, wins and be the seventh seed yeah, yeah, yeah i agree i i just i looked at the standings from the year that the knicks were the four seed the nets were one of the three where one of the three teams that were better than them that season the knicks couldn't touch the nets the knicks couldn't touch the milwaukee bucks I'm blanking on the other on the other team. Let me pull it up again. Philly? The 76ers. The Knicks couldn't touch those three teams at all. And the teams that they were in the same realm as were the Hawks, the Heat, and the Celtics. The Celtics did the Celtics, I felt underachieved that year, much like I think the Knicks overachieved that year. I think the Knicks all, if it was a, if that was a full full season, I think the Knicks would have ended up with a worse seed than the Heat and the Celtics. Last year, the Knicks; those are the same teams. Knicks were worse than the Sixers, the Nets, the Bucks, the Heat, the Celtics. Uh, are the Knicks in that realm of team? If the Knicks are in that realm of team, they and they can get into that top six. This is going to be the opportunity to show it. I just don't, I'm just not as quick to be like, yeah, no, I think we could, 
yeah, the Knicks always compete with these better teams because the Knicks are coached by Tom Thibodeau. He's he's a coach who's not going to do the we're going to play. We're going to come out and we're going to be flat three, four, five games in a row and began blown out by 30 points the way that we were under David Fisdale. Tom Thibodeau was going to get these guys to play. That's not that's not what's in question. It what's in question is is he going to get as many wins as these elite teams so that he could so that the Knicks can be in that running as the 5 or 6 seed this year. I don't I don't I don't know. I I could see maybe Brooklyn you know and I hate to give Brooklyn any kind of kudos. You know, I was surprised to see KD come back, Kyrie come back. Um, can I see injury issues causing the Brooklyn Nets to fall from, you know, being a top three seed to being in that play-in race? Yeah, I guess. But I even even still, I don't think the, this Knicks team has anybody who's on the level of KD. They have nobody who's on the level of Kyrie. They have nobody. Well, I shouldn't say that. I, I I think Ben Simmons kind of equates to what it is to being a top two or three player on the Knicks. Right. But with that being said, right, last year when we played Brooklyn, they had KD and Kyrie for, well, all right. Did they have KD and Kyrie for every game? No, right, because of the COVID vaccine thing. But the last game, they had KD and Kyrie. That last year's team was worse. Do you feel like the Nets improved much this year outside of that one trade with Utah where they picked up uh, Royce O'Neal, I think his name is? But, like, I don't feel like their bench matches up with us, and that's important because KD and Kyrie are not going to be able to play all the minutes of the game. If, we are, if we're able to just stay in the same ballpark like we have been able to do, with the with the starters and our bench comes in and just tacks on 25 more points that their bench can't equal, equal like it's not going to be equivalent like i feel like we can beat a lot of these top teams i think we based can, off of i that. think we can beat a lot of these top teams too do i think that we're going to get anywhere close to the amount of wins that those teams can get no cuz i think we're going to lose to some teams that you know maybe we shouldn't lose to as well at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we just got to see how they play in that first week. If Julius Randle comes out and he starts playing like an asshole again, and the three of Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, Jalen Brunson can't figure out how to figure it out on the offensive end, Evan Fournier starts killing them on the defensive end, and Mitchell Robinson can't cover for him, and these are all things that the Knicks have to figure out in the first month or two, it's going to be a hard times being a Knicks fan early. And that that's what we have to kind of wait and see it and figure out. I can see those things happening. I can see the Knicks struggling in the first half of the season, trying to figure out how to play well. And if they if they can't figure it out to begin the season, I don't know if there's anything they can do in the latter half of the season to catch back up. Um, and I, I, I mean, yeah, I think we should pretty much leave it there, French. Um, let's right. get into. So, with that being said. Yeah. The first preseason game will be on TNT on October 4th against the Detroit Pistons. The next game will be on Friday night. Uh, I believe that's the 7th against the Indiana Pacers. Both games will be taking place at Madison Square Garden. 
I, I've, I've trying to resist like getting tickets to go to the game because so much just be going on at the games. I feel like I just be wanting to get courtside seats, but I don't want to pay courtside money. So I settle for like these other seats that I always got to sit behind people standing up every five minutes. They saying they going to have like the bench players not able to stand up anymore, but I don't know. You think I should go to these preseason games? I mean, get an up close look at the new team. I I I wouldn't be mad at you if you did. <laughs> um, I think I want to go to that Detroit game. Them tickets are selling out quick, though. I think I think you should go if you can. If you can go, I think you should. Um, I'll let you know. Hopefully, hopefully, I can get some footage, get some some takes that no one else knows about, just because I'm sitting so close to the bench. But hey. Knicks need to hook us up with some tickets, man. We we content creators out there now. <laughs> Come on, man. All right. Um, so I think we with that, uh, you got predictions on the on the wins, by the way, on the Detroit. Yeah, we see, I feel like uh predictions for preseason. All right. I, I, we going two and oh. <laughs> two and oh. Detroit not ready, in Indiana not ready. Pack them up. Okay. We we I think we went uh we were, we were undefeated last preseason, right? I don't know if we were undefeated, but if we were not undefeated, we got really close. We might have been like four and one or something like that. We're in through hit a game winner against uh Washington last year. Mm-hmm. Uh Indiana we beat. Yeah, I think we went undefeated. I think that I think that Indiana Pacers game is going to be a lot tougher than we're expecting it to be. And I think that the Pistons game is going to be about as difficult as we expect it to be. Okay. Are we going by, if we're going by the same rules as last season, I'm going to put one and one, but I would agree with you. I think the Knicks would go two and oh against these two specific teams. All right, Frank, you got anything you want to plug? Man, I'm ready to unplug. It's Saturday, October 1st. Nothing to do today. Hopefully it's not raining all day, but I'm I'm I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm fake tired. <laughs> I'm fake tired. I'm fake tired. Uh, I hear I hear you. Uh have you been watching She-Hulk? No, I've been watching the new Game of Thrones show. I've been watching that too. I'm I've not been watching up, the though. Jeffrey Dahmer shit. I'm not you watch the Jeffrey Dahmer? Yeah. I'm not caught up in um Game of Thrones either. I'm like two episodes away from the end of Dahmer. That shit is sick. <laughs> um, but the actors did a great job in it. So they deserve kudos. But the shit that he was doing was just different. Yeah. Different. I've been watching House of the Dragon. The Game of Thrones. Shit. House of the Dragon. I got yeah, to. I might be. I don't know how far away from the end I am. I know when I get to the end, I'll probably be upset. But yeah, this is about this is I wouldn't say this is as good as early two or three seasons of Game of Thrones, but it's definitely better than the last two really? or three seasons of Game of Thrones. So I would recommend what episode you got up to. I don't want to spoil anything, but I, and I don't know what number episode I'm at. So let's just leave it at that. We'll talk off air right. for those who are, haven't right. watched. But yeah, I highly recommend if you're a Game of Thrones fan. Yeah, watch House of the Dragon and see how you feel. Also, I got Jaya on the last episode of The Wire. You you caught up nope. yet? I don't have time, man. Come on, now. I got time, bro. 
you gotta you gotta just watch one episode a day. That's I'll try. I'll try and start watching. It's a lot to digest. It's a lot of information in every episode, but I'll try to. It's it gets nuts. I'll try to. I'll try nuts. to get back into it. Maybe next week I might have a little bit more for free time then. All right. You gonna fuck with? With that said, please check us out on all streaming platforms. Check us out on our website, nickstake.com. Once again, thank you all for listening. We appreciate y'all. We love y'all. Thank you for listening to the next take podcast. The next take. The next. The next. take podcast. Bing bong. <laughs> that boy is good. Peace. Did a buck for you. <laughs> Peace. That intro music was Broadway Boo by Gotti B, formerly known as Bugatti Blade. You can find us on Twitter at The Knicks Take. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Thank you for listening.